Welcome to the Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate Podcast. Hosted by Boston real estate agents Lisa Loveland and Costa Hanses. On this podcast, you'll hear everything from real estate tips, insights, and stories to personal development strategies, mindset hacks, and all things Boston. Now, join me in welcoming your host, Lisa Loveland. All right. Welcome back. We are in the studio live. Today, we are not talking about real estate, but we are going to talk about something that could affect real estate is going to be affecting how we trade and market in this new economy. Um, We are going to talk about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And uh, if you've listened to Costa and I over the last couple of months, um, we're obsessed with it. And he is the brainchild of all of this. So I want to have him talk about exactly what they are, because it's a lot of people aren't aware of them, but it's definitely something that's coming. And it's a little complicated until you understand exactly what it is. And it was complicated for me. And I've understood what it was. And I became obsessed. So this is going to be all about Costa. So let's start with uh, telling our viewers um, exactly what an NFT is. Sure. So even though I've like researched NFTs for a bit and I've kind of been in this space for some time, it's still, everything changes. It's so new. I was talking with a friend uh, last night and we were saying about talking about how usually in business, people want somebody that has a ton of experience. They're like, Oh, I want uh, a real estate agent, a financial person that has a ton of experience by doing it. They've maybe done it over the course of 10, 15 years. I feel as though I'm positioning myself as an expert in the field. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and I realized I'm ahead before too, but especially when I was talking to him, I was like, this is so new. The whole world of crypto and NFTs, you can't be an expert for 10 years. That's right. Maybe a little bit. You might be able to like dabble in the scene a little bit, but you kind of have a advantage of being somebody that's new in a space that's very developing and changing every day by being an authority figure in that, mm-hmm. even if you just know a little bit at the same time too. So it's kind of like a mental switch in my head too. And if anybody is out there and they're new in the industry too, like there's something like this, whether that's crypto or technology and social media, you are the experts because especially for people that are in my age group, we witnessed technology go from really nothing, basic flip phones or not even flip phones to now we're having iPhones today. So we got to witness that change in technology, which is crazy too. I think people like if you're in your thirties, forties too, and more social media really wasn't present during like the years that you would probably use social media. Right. And it's a reminder too, I got to remind myself that people then that age bracket don't really know social media too. And it's the same thing with NFTs and crypto. A lot of people aren't familiar with, how something like this could be implemented in a real world scenario. So that was just an interesting fact. I was talking to one of my friends last night. We had a great conversation about NFTs in the future. And there's just so many different paths you can go. But starting with the basics, a non-fungible token NFT is just something that can't be exchanged for something else. So there's, for example, the dollar, you can have a $10 bill and exchange it for 10 ones. It's the same thing. With an NFT, it's one thing that's on the blockchain that you can see that's written there that can't be exchanged for something else. So I'm going to stop you right there because that sounds very reasonable to you. Um, Explain what the blockchain is and explain how that is written and why it can't be changed. Sure. I think that'll make a lot more sense to, to people. Absolutely. So the blockchain is pretty much like a digital letter, digital ledger where they store different codes that records each transaction. So on the blockchains, it's decentralized. So what that means is anybody can see anything that's going on. I can go to, everything's public. I could go see a famous person's wallet, which is I'll get into later, but I can see the transactions that everybody makes. Mm -hmm. So there's no hidden things. You can't hide it, which is common in society in terms of 
the government and federal system in terms of money, you can not really able to see people's personal finances and different things like this, but the blockchain and this decentralized world makes everything visible to everybody else. So everybody can go have a say, everybody can see what this person owns and what that person's owns. And it makes it some more reassuring that there's not really any funny business going on, which there still can be funny business going on. The, the NFT world's shady. We can get on um, that later on, mm -hmm. but it's kind of just the, the blockchain is just a digital ledger where you can then see transactions and it's stored virtually. And it's very difficult to, for somebody to hack into that blockchain. Correct, too. Just depending on the technology. They're, th every day they're coming out with better versions of um, the different cryptos that are stored in there and the different variations you can to actually write the code on there. There's something called gas fees. Um, think of it normally like gas in a car. It powers the car to go. Mm -hmm. Pretty much a gas fee in NFT world and crypto is a transaction fee. So you might be able to buy an NFT for sale for $10 on a marketplace. The NFT might be selling for $10. But then when you go to actually complete the transaction, it will say gas fee. And yesterday I was going on there and the gas fees were as high as $250. So that's just the fee to process the transaction. It has nothing to do with the person actually selling the NFT. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the transaction to actually write this code on the blockchain to then verify it so people can know that there's nothing. Um, and there's a whole blockchain's kind of stored in terms of it's literally a chain where if one thing gets messed up, one little part of the blockchain, the rest of the ledger gets messed up. So then you yeah. can see that there was an interruption and in either whether it's a hacking or just something went bad in the system. Great. And and give some examples of the types of NFTs that somebody might purchase. Sure. So NFTs, everybody thinks of NFTs, especially now in a base level as art. They just think of it as art, but it's pretty much NFT can be anything. People sell NFTs that are domain name. So I could go buy the domain name, live, laugh, love, real estate.com. And I can create an NFT with it. And whoever holds that, I can go then sell that NFT. And whoever buys that then owns the domain name, live, laugh, love, real estate.com. Mm -hmm. It's just, you can sell anything. The most common things right now is art. So think of it like a popular artist can go upload their NFT for sale on a website like OpenSea. They can do an initial offering you can buy the NFT from that artist. Say you really like that artist and you want to own a piece of digital kind of art that they did. You buy it there and then you're the holder of the NFT. And it's the same thing kind of um, with our, just, it's, it's normally, it's tough to explain too because I know you asked before about the uh, the normal people might not be able to explain it. They have no idea. <laughs> so it's like, I got to make sure I'm doing this. In you have to basic. explain it to people that are my age. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll think of it kind of like it, Art in its essence, just like art in real life, you go buy art because you like the artist and you mm -hmm. like the painting. It's the same thing in NFT world. And then so you buy, you go online, you find a digital artist that you really like and that did a really cool digital painting and you buy it. And it can go up in value just based on if that artist then goes on to become more popular, you just owned a, a original piece of that digital artist did. Yep. Same thing there. And at the end of the day too, your NFT, people can always, the, the thing you do with NFTs is people can see you own that NFT and they can bid on it at any time. Mm -hmm. So I could hold it and people could bid $100,000 for my NFT at any point in time. I could accept that or reject that. That's fine. It just depends on whether or not I want to hold it. So that's kind of why somebody would want to own an NFT in terms of art. And there's a lot of people ask the common question of well, this art, I guess I own digitally. It's like online. I can see it on my phone, but like if I can see it on my phone, like, why do I care? Like normally when people have art, they want to hang it on their walls and do different things because everybody likes to show things off to everybody else. They want right. to be able to show, so you can see that they're whatever wealthy or they have a nice art collection or they actually just came up with a, a company and more and more companies will come out. Um, 
this company specifically is called token frame and they create monitors that are literally look like um, picture frames that you'd hang a normal piece of art, but they connect to your wallet um, and going to wallets. You might as well explain this now. A wallet is where you hold your cryptocurrency and your NFTs. It's just pretty much a wallet. Think like you carry around your pocket, but just digitally that just holds your money and your NFTs. Um, common websites that you can do that Coinbase has a wallet. MetaMask is a different place that you can commonly have wallets. And what this token frame would do is then connect, you connect your wallet to the token frame monitor, the art mm -hmm. frame, and it would directly sync up to your phone and you could put your amazing NFT digital art on the wall of your house. That, that's where I, th that's what is wild and exciting to me. So, so imagine this, you've got, let's say you've got a couple homes, you love your art collection in Boston and you're heading down to Miami. Um, you bring your art collection with you. You've got the, the, those frames on the wall and boom, you do your QR code and up goes your art. You have, you know, a, a, a portfolio, portfolio of um, modern art and you've got a dinner party and that goes with your theme. Boom, up goes your, your modern art. You want to do something that's more figurative for another situation and up it goes. So you're not transporting it. It's able to be changed. You can bring it with you anywhere. Um, it's kind of fascinating. It's crazy. I mean, it's part of like the, you can, I can envision like society in the future, a future, futuristic society before even NFTs were created, like a futuristic society where there were already digital picture frames mm -hmm. that would just store something. I never thought that would be NFTs, but that's pretty much in essence what it would be yeah. a digital world. And people always say is like, oh, it's a digital like image. I could just download it on my phone or take a screenshot and oh, I own this NFT. Well, no, you don't because you don't, don't own the original. I could go to a real painting at the Museum of Fine Arts, wherever I go, snap a picture of that too and hang it on my wall and be like, oh, I have this. Or buy a fake Mona Lisa. I right. buy a fake this. I can stand in front of a house and take a picture and be like, oh, this is my house now. No, that's not how it works. It's the yeah. same thing with NFTs. The beauty of it is you can then see if this person is actually the original owner. So I can go, if I'm claiming to own this million dollar NFT, well, let's let's see your wallet and let's see that your NFT is in that wallet and it's worth that much amount of money. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's in essence, no different than art. It's right. just a future it's a version of in artists. It's a change the mindset. Yeah, exactly. So, so people my age aren't used to that. We want to see the, the real thing. We want to see it hanging on the wall. People your age are coming up in a digital world, and all of this stuff makes so much more sense. Yeah. Um, um, let's, so art is one big, big hit. The other really interesting thing is what um, is happening in music and how you can actually kind of move out the record label, which is so yeah. costly and takes so much ownership over the artist's creativity and royalties and, and, and all of this. So talk a little bit about what you've seen and, and how this can impact uh, the music world. Sure. So we're actually going to be doing something similar with a music group I work with named Kudos. So shout out Kudos if you watch this. They watch it sometimes. So <laughs> they I'll better watch out. it more. Right, yeah. We're working out the logistics in terms of that, but um, of how we're actually going to launch the project. But what's going on in the music industry is an artist can be, say they're relatively new in their career. It doesn't have to be new, but say they're new in their career. They've released some songs. They have a little bit of a following, and they want to release this new album. And they're like, oh, I need to film the music videos. I need to the production I need to pay for, I need to pay for the marketing, I need to pay for the graphic design, I need to pay for the photographer. You can't just like upload a song anymore too, you need to do the music videos to have all those components. So what normally would they would do is, you would go to a record label and say, hey, I have this album I wanna do, it's gonna cost me, let's just say it's a million dollars. A million dollar album I'm gonna do and the record label says, okay, like we'll stake you the million dollars, but then you're gonna have to pay the million dollars back after 
and you're, we're also going to own your masters. So we're also going to own the masters of this song for 20, 30%. They, so they'll earn money off whatever that music makes. Yep. What they're doing now is an artist can then go to, to their fan base and say, hey, I want to release this album. They can break down the, the budget. I need this money for that, this for that, this for music videos, this for visuals, this for promotion, this for marketing. Go to their fans and say, hey, I'm selling 10,000 NFTs. Each owner that you buy the NFT, you get 50% stake or 50% share of the royalties I make from that album in terms of streaming. Mm -hmm. So if that album goes on to stream, gets millions of streams, at the end of a certain given time period, that artist will go back and say, okay, it made this much money and I have to divide it upon the people that bought the NFTs in the first place. So you funded your favorite yep. artist's project. And especially if they're an unknown art artist, everybody loves to like promote people, like to say that they were a fan of something before it was actually popular. Yep. It's everybody's favorite thing too. So if I go to a, a musician that I think are, are, say if I go to Kudos, the kids I work with, and I, I do believe in them, so it's just, I'm not just making this up. So I really believe that they're gonna be famous, popular, their music's incredible. I think if they were to do something similar to this, I think they're gonna become successful. So it's a no brainer for me. I wanna buy their NFT because not only is it a piece of uh, collectible and memorabilia of like the first NFT that this group Kudos mm -hmm. came out with, it's, it, I make money off of it too. And then usually what the artist can do is, and I, I like the beauty of the NFTs is you can, have, NFTs have an underlying smart contract. So you could sell this NFT as just the collectible and say you get the, in the underlying smart track uh, contract in this case is that percentage royalty share. So if you buy this NFT, it'll say in the contract, then you get this percentage of streaming revenue. But a lot of artists, what they do too is they have some sort of utility behind it. So, and this is a beauty. This is what I really like and what we're going to actually be doing. We can talk at the end about our NFT because we're going to yes. be coming out with our own NFT, which I'm super excited to do. Um, what you can uh, put in the smart track contract is, is somebody that owns, maybe you make it like a hundred, hundred NFTs and you could do like, if you own these 10 of them, maybe like on those 10 ones, you have like a gold background, something that pops up more. It has yep. more like emphasis on it. 10 of those people that own the NFT can have a zoom call with us, say the music group kudos can have a zoom call with us once every couple months. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, Oh my God, I get to own this NFT. Not only do I get streaming revenue, I get to have Make a FaceTime artist. with my favorite yes. artists. Like uh, that's so amazing. And then you can, then if you want to show off your artists and they go on to become popular, somebody can then go look into say I own the original, one of the original kudos things. They can go to my wallet and be like, if I'm talking, be like, Hey, I was an original fan of kudos. They can go to my wallet and be like, well, wow. Costa did own an original kudos NFT right. before they were famous. So I don't need to prove it to anybody else. Cause I'm like, Oh, I was listening to their music before. Like, Oh I, yeah, yeah, I knew their songs before I have proof yep. that and, I and owned it. And that smart contracts stays for the life of that NFT. So whoever owns that NFT. So say for example, I own the kudos NFT and I'm making streaming re revenue forever off mm -hmm. that album. So if that goes on streams, does fantastic. I'm making money just like a stock until you no sell different it. until I sell it. Yep. And then when I sell it and I say, if I'm like, all right, I don't really like kudos anymore, which would never happen, but I don't like kudos anymore. I want to sell this NFT to somebody else. So I'm like, at any point in time, somebody could have bid on my NFT and be like, Hey, like I want that NFT that Costa has. So mm -hmm. I want to offer him a thousand dollars because I want to zoom call with them and I want streaming revenue off their music. So we could buy it at any point too. So say if one day I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to sell it. So I'm going to list it for $10,000. I'm going to start the bidding off at $10,000. So somebody could go and then bid on the $10,000 and the auction ends and say it sells for $10,000. What you can do in, in the contract of an NFT when you create it, there's something called a royalty and you, you can go up to 10% royalty, whatever you want common. It's like, it depends on how big the project is too. Like the more um, expensive the project is, usually the lower royalty because if it's a 10% royalty on a million dollar project, that's yeah. NFT, that's a lot of money. So what happens is I then sell that NFT to somebody else 
what happens is there's a 10%, say there's a 10% royalty attached to that sale. So what would happen is 10% then goes back to kudos because they originally created the NFT. So for example, in terms of that NFT, say we launched a project with kudos and like we kind of did the project together. And the beauty of this is really where the artist makes uh, more of the money. So in terms of like digital art, not in terms of like this kudos NFT, but the beauty of it is that if you're an artist and you release NFTs, you can have a, a thing in there once you sell those NFTs that every time it trades hands, I can make 10% off of it. So yeah. if Kudos was the actual one that created that NFT, um, they were the artist, they would do it. It's, it's probably usually a team behind it that does it. So it's not yeah. just one person. So like say the team behind it has a royalty in the contract that they get 10%. So that NFT every time trades hands gets 10% that goes back to the team and then the team can do whatever they want with the 10%. If it's just an artist that releases these, say an artist like... um. A graphic, I, I, I mean, artists is across the board. You can be music, whatever you want. But say a, 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 a graphic design that designs like a, a virtual piece of art, digital piece of art, um, creates 100 NFTs. Every time that NFT sells, they would get 10% royalty. So yeah. the artist is constantly making money off every transaction. It's not like when I, if I paint a picture of whatever and I'm famous, I paint this picture, it sells for a bunch of money. And then what happens from there, I sell to somebody else. I make money off the initial sale. Then it can do whatever it wants. That's, That's what right. normally happens. But in this world, I sell to somebody else. I make money off that sale. And then if that person sells it to somebody else, I, as the original person, yep. keep making money off it. So I have this kind of reoccurring and income that just comes in while I sleep at the end of the day. That's right. And when you create more digital art. Yes. So no more starving artists. No more starving just, artists. Yeah. With the, music, uh, the musician thing is crazy. No I, more control over creativity. Which is the uh, artist's worst nightmares, control over what they do. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just a way that you can have your fans, think about it, your fans are not the investors in your project. It's, 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 it's brilliant. It's not a, a record label and, that- And who's gonna sell you more? If somebody, somebody's already a fan and they're going to benefit financially from your success, I mean, yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna be all over their friends and networks and social media promoting that. Gary V2 is, Everybody, I mean, I think most people know Gary Vee. You love Gary Vee. I, I love, I've been listening to Gary Vee <laughs> since he have. released that first video. It wasn't his first video. It was one of the first ones I saw when I was back in college. And it was yeah. him pretty much talking about like how you don't need to go get a normal nine to five job and like kind of like kind of poo poo in college a little bit too. But being just saying like, you can go do anything. You could go, you have time. You're young. Like I forget the actual like, words of the video, but he's like, you're young. Like you're, if you're coming out of college, you're so young, you have time to go do this, try this, do the different things like that. Yeah. It was like the first time that shifted, like maybe I don't have to work a nine to five job. So That's I credit right. Gary V to the reason why we I don't work a nine to five. to teach more people entrepreneurship. A hundred percent. And it's like, I, for, for example, college, like I went to college and now looking at it, the only thing I really think I got out of college was the connections I made and the friends sure. I made. I don't yeah. really, I didn't. And there's, there's, I mean, that's, there's something to be said about that. That's a, that's, I get, that's what I got out of college too. <laughs> yeah, which is like and a degree expensive. so that I could go out and you know start my career. Yeah. But am I using what I went to college for? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I mean, you don't need a business degree to really do business. At the end of the day, yeah. it might help. It was more status before to say it, but at the, what cost nowadays? Student debt is ridiculous. It's going to cost you. People will rather pay that amount that amount of money for college, but won't buy like a course or read a book. It's like. Yeah. All right. Well, you can do that. Fine. But not to get on a college tangent, but I think college has its purpose. Of course, if you're going to be like an engineer or a doctor or something that requires you to know it, that's fine. But if you're going in business or anything creative and stuff like that, it doesn't really make sense unless you're just going to have like a good time. So right. 
That's my opinion on, on, on college right now, too. But I don't regret it at all. I had yeah. great friends. No, Shout out to all my friends. I, I love all of them. I had a great time. Um, but now, so, in a money sense, I don't think it's it's tough. Right. So so where would someone go, aside from the, and we'll talk about this, too, that you're founding it, but we're partnering in a, in a digital uh, media agency that will probably talk a little bit about it today, but we'll talk a full podcast about it um, later. But talk about why... So how somebody would start to come up with an NFT. Yeah. So it's, I mean, the thing behind NFTs is you have to have a reason why people would actually want to own your NFT. Um, I gave the music example. That's a pretty common reason why somebody, if you're an artist or mu a musician, right. especially why you would want to create an NFT. But if you're just somebody that wants to create an NFT of whatever, cause you just think it's cool. Like you can do that. It's, it doesn't cause it's relatively cheap. What you would do is go to a website like OpenSea, you would connect a wallet, as I talked to you before, MetaMask and Coinbase wallet are the, the common ones. MetaMask is more common in terms of NFTs than uh, Coinbase wallet as it is right now. But I could go to OpenSea.com, create an account, and then upload an image. I could literally go outside right now and take my phone, snap a picture of me. It, it could be, a, I could snap a picture, literally snap a picture of selfie of me and then upload it as an NFT and then put it in terms of this, I'm selling this, starting the bid at $10. And anybody that wants to go bid on my NFT, they can go do it. Maybe I, I underline that smart contract that, hey, here's, I take a selfie of myself and then I sell it and be like, hey, anybody that owns this NFT can FaceTime me once a month and we can talk for 30 minutes. And if either I'm famous, which I'm not right now, but say I was famous, then it would be worth more money. Yeah. It's whatever society deems the value is. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person that takes a selfie is you, you have some sort of business and then you're trying to build something. It would be an original selfie that you took. A lot of people with Jack Dorsey with Twitter just did, uh, the founder of Twitter, he just released an NFT of his first tweet and it's okay. going for like $2 million. Did, like motivational speakers, life coaches, you know, uh, regular coaches, tennis coaches, you know, any kind of consultation. Yeah. It could be any, I like to think of it in terms of, um, sports cards or any sort yep. of trading yep. cards. That's a great analogy. Um, especially, so how an NFT works is usually when they do like 10,000 is like the common amount. So what happens is an, is an artist will create 10,000 variations of this like art. Say it's like a, we were talking before cost is corgi. So like a made up thing, but say if I went on to create, <laughs> I think you should do that. I don't think it should be made up. Oh my God. It would be so cute. They do have uh, a dog NFTs. Like they have doge club, uh, NFTs or billionaire doge club. They're selling for a good amount of money, but say, um, there could be already a corgi collection. I think I've seen something, but say if I wanted to create cost is corgis, I would then I'm no graphic artist myself. I don't know how to do that. I would have somebody create a a couple variations. I would have one common theme. So the corgis would look a certain way, mm -hmm. but then it would have like a, say some corgis have a hat and some have a glove, a scarf or chain or watch, different things like that. And then after you create a certain amount, you can create 10,000 variations of that same NFT. So I would then do that, list this thing on, um, create this collection. I could put in the smart contract, whatever I want. And then I could sell these NFTs and be like Costa's corgis club or do something and build a community around that. And then hopefully one day that like takes off and, that could be a sense of like a, um, the, the thing I was trying to say is what I would do is probably create a website called Costas Corgis and then say I'm releasing it in 10 days. So I'll be like, all right, on 10 days, this is how normal NFT big projects work. In 10 days, I will be releasing the 10,000 Costas Corgis NFTs. You can buy a Costas Corgi NFT for 0.05 ETH, which is 0.05 Ethereum, um, which is the common currency, cryptocurrency used to buy NFTs. It's like $200. So Every NFT that sells then in the initial launch is sold for the same price. And the thing is, you don't know what you have, what you just bought, 
until a day later. So what would happen is you buy a Costa, say I buy five Costa Corgis NFTs. I would buy them. They would show up in my wallet, but it would just have kind of like a project photo of it. It wouldn't just like see what actual Corgi you got. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, they'll have a, re- uh, a reveal. So then it will refresh. And then all of a sudden, the five Corgis that you had in your wallet will then have a certain Corgi on there. Mm-hmm. And same thing, with, I, I wanted to give like the baseball card, the sport card example is when you buy a pack of baseball cards, it's like buying a pack of baseball cards. I don't know what's in it. Yep. It could be something rare. It might not. I don't really know until I open it up. But I could be like, all right, I have this pack of cards and they sell for now. They're selling packs of cards that are unopened from the, the 80s, 90s of cards that are not worth a lot. So they say that collection went on to go make a lot of money. It's popular. You could have some really great like rookie cards of players in terms of that, but I don't know. So I could either take that pack, same that the cost is Corgi NFTs, take that NFT that I could be something great. It could be a really rare Corgi that cost a Drew. Um, and the same thing with baseball cards. I could be like, hey, I have this pack of cards from 1980. It could have a bunch of rookie cards. It could not. Like, I don't know. Like, But I want to sell it to you. So yep. somebody could be like, I want that pack of cards because it could have something great in it. But you won't know until you open it up yep. and find what's inside. So it's the same thing with NFTs. And so say Costas Corgis, then everybody sells 10. I said, I sell 10,000 NFTs. And then the next day I do a reveal. So everybody that bought an NFT can see what Corgi they got. And the thing usually with NFTs is they have properties to them and they have traits. And each trait has a certain um, percentage ranking of rarity. Mm-hmm. So what happens then after is there's a rarity scale to that. So the 10,000 NFTs after then are then ranked up to 10,000 in terms of rarity. So I could have went to Costa's Corgi's NFT, uh, initial launch, bought a Corgi for $200. It reveals the next day and it's the number one rarest Corgi because it only has like the, the certain trait combination that only one has, it's the rarest one. And then after that, it can then go on and be like, since it's the rarest one in the collection, it's usually be the one that's worth a lot of money. So that $200, and then it happens all the time. It happened the other day. I like, I like to monitor projects. Somebody bought an NFT for $200 at the mint and now it went for $10,000. Yeah, so you just, you spent $200 and you just made $10,000. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to, and this is no financial advice in terms of NFTs. Yeah. And, and it's pr- not a get rich quick thing, but you know, what's, what's so interesting is testing all of this out to see what gets the most traction, you know, you, cause for me, some of these things, it's like, why would anybody do that? And they are. So it's, it's kind of fun to see what, what is going to have the biggest hit? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different like metrics and people have different systems. It's called flipping NFTs. It's just like stocks and flipping it, whatever you want to buy. Um, but there's different things you want to look for. So this is kind of, this is some tips I give again, not financial advice. This is what I, I would look for at a project. So say Costas Corgi's NFT projects coming out November 1st. So what's going to happen then is I want to go then look at Costas Corgi's NFTs project. I want to see the website. I want to see them on Twitter. I want to see their Discord. I want to see what kind of community they have. Like, they have a lot of followers on Twitter. Is there a lot of people talking about Costas Corgi's NFTs? Who is the team behind Costas Corgi's NFTs? Has this person done it before? Are they a good artist behind it? How big is the team? Are they popular in the space? And all those things kind of added up to, and something that's really popular now is Discord. And Discord's kind of just like a virtual hangout spot where you can come and talk. The community can just chat about Costas Corgi's NFTs. There's different giveaways there. So it's just a what you would think of a normal community in real life, just mm-hmm. online. It's digital. Yep. You can chat all the time. So before the launch, what I'll look for is I'll, I'll go to these different discords. They're usually free to join. You can just go to their website and say, join discord and just follow one thing. And they accept you in the group. I could go and be like, wow, like there's 20,000 members in cost. It's Corgi's NFTs. It's not even released yet. Everybody's super excited. Everybody's engaged. They're talking about it. The artists behind it are really popular. They've done stuff in the past. So then I'll be like, 
you know what they're minting, which is the minting is just another word for the initial sale. Say they're minting for 0.05 ETH, like 200 bucks around there, depending on where ETH goes. Um, I can then be like, I'm going to buy a cost of Corgi NFT because a, I think it's cool. So at the end of the day, you're not making money till you sell it. So if I'm like, it's a cool NFT, I just want to have in my wallet, mm-hmm. just like you'd want to buy a painting. It might not be worth something to somebody else, but to you, it, it's worth something. Right. So then after that, I could buy it, buy Costas Corgi's NFT, and it could either, the project did do great, and then the community builds, and these things are now deemed rare. My Corgi just went up to $5,000, or the project could tank, and the community dies out, and nobody manages the community. Right. So there's different things you want to look for out for before looking at a project. It's just like analyzing a stock. What yeah. are the it earnings, yeah, this and that? Same thing, yep. but it's just a, a different way of, of looking at it. And there's so much more to talk about. But I, don't, I think that's kind of like a... That was a, I'm trying to keep it base. It, yeah, and that was awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. I try. I mean, in my head, every time I try to explain stuff, it's like, which I'm trying to get better at too. It's like you, in general, like when when you're explaining stuff to somebody, if you're an expert in the field, it's easy to explain it in terms of like if you would understand it. But if you're talking to, I like to picture somebody that has, and I'm trying to do a better job at this. Picture the person that I'm talking to has no idea what I'm talking about. Right. I have no idea about NFTs, crypto, not they don't even know the internet, but maybe yep. even explain it at the bare minimum and that's kind of like a business tip at the end of the day if you're trying to explain a business idea or a proposition to somebody explain it as they they don't know it that's right because they might not they might but you still want to explain the whole thing so they can kind of have that whole picture so that good foundation hopefully i do a better job at explaining the nfts and if we'll we'll probably do more episodes in terms of the uh, oh absolutely nfts but that's kind of like the biggest thing of course if you have any questions reach out to us I'll, i'll talk to you about it anything like that i know you mentioned um the media stuff the nfts we can talk about that yeah. Any specific things you want to start off? Let's start off with, um, well, I'll start off a little bit as to how everyone knows how Costa and I got together. But what, you know, real estate is changing. We wanted to bring things in and, and do things a little bit differently, um, bring in our, the creativity and um, our marketing in-house. And Costa's been unbelievable at that. And then, you know, every time you go through something, you, it's, you learn by trial and error. And so many things were missing. And there's a lot of disruption in this business. And we well, looked at you know, wow, what, what can we do differently? Podcast was one of them so that people could kind of get to know us um, before they worked with us. Um, but he was doing, he's he's a real entrepreneur and he's been doing so much um, with social media and um, video. And he, there's, because of social media, it really changes the playing field for marketing and advertising. So the, the media company that he's, we're going to do is, a digital agency to help people brand um, and do these different types of projects. So, um, why don't you talk about what the comp- what the agency is going to offer, and we can also give them the link to the website. That you did an amazing job on the website, and this is just not for if you try to think about it for people my age, um, it's a little bit more difficult because we're much more in person. But everything is a brand. You know, people can present themselves anyway on social media. People can present themselves, you know, like all of this match.com dating. I mean, what if you really uh, had someone brand you and it was really you and somebody followed you and did some videos and, um, you know, there's, there's all, kinds you, all kinds of things you can do. Branding isn't just from a, a product or a commercial product, rather, or a company. So we're going to try to hit all areas of branding. So with that... Talk, talk a little bit about your your ideas. Sure. I mean, to go off that, too, in terms of branding, um, personal branding is really what's key mm-hmm. in today's day and age. When you think of Elon Musk, 
do you follow Tesla on Instagram or do you follow Elon Musk? That's right. You follow Elon Musk because you care what you, you might follow Tesla to do it, but you really care about Elon Musk and what he stands for. So you might like Elon Musk's personal brand, but you're not usually following the business's account. So the reason why personal branding is so important nowadays is that's where people go to learn, learn about you. I don't go to, and it's, it's different nowadays. Um, before in the past, people found like different ways to like learn. Maybe they'll look in a magazine and see that this person does well. Maybe they'll look in some sort of print copy of stuff to like find out who's who. But it was kind of tough to find out until like reviews came along to see who's who right. in terms of if that person did a good job. But nowadays, everything's on social media. If I want to learn about a restaurant, I don't go to Yelp. Maybe I'll read some reviews on Yelp. I will do that, but I don't go to like whatever i guess common how would you find out about a restaurant i don't even remember how do you find out about a restaurant or no you would go to good. yelp uh, you know at word of mouth even uh, before know, yelp it, though yeah what um, would you do just friends word of mouth word of mouth i mean that's crazy that's, you didn't that's think that's about like the uh horse and buggy <laughs> versus the high-speed train yeah i mean nowadays and anything in business whatever i'll go to their instagram and see what yeah. do they post about what do they have what are the courses so i can actually just get a feel of the vibe there and see if I like really like what they stand for. You know, do I like the menu? Do I like the vibe of the the restaurant? Do I like the vibe of the business? Do I like the vibe of the person? If I'm going to do business with the real estate, for example, a real estate agent, I will go then and see their Instagram and see what they're posting. Are they posting thought leader content? Do they have good content? Are they doing video? Are they really involved in it? Are they providing value to me? Because if I go in, there's no Instagram presence. There's like a couple pictures and just listings and stuff like that. I don't really care. Like who that makes no sense. I have no personal attachment to you whatsoever. But if I go, to somebody, a real estate agent's website, and I'm like, or, or Instagram website, whatever they're on social media, and I see that they're in, really into cars, for example. I love cars. I, I, I personally, I, I do like cars, but I'm just giving an arbitrary example. I love music. I'll give a real example. Yeah. I love music. I've been doing music all my life. That's something I'm really passionate about. If I then go to a real estate agent's Instagram page, and they're posting real estate content, of course, but they post a lot about music and they like this band, band or they like that, they, this type of music. They, oh, they went to this festival. I'm like, oh my God, like I really found an attachment to that person. I really like them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use them as my real estate agent. I'm not going to use the person that was just posting how great they are and all the listings they do. That only goes a certain way. And I think in terms of a marketing standpoint, you can do that marketing of just positioning yourself as like the best person in the thing. But if you're going to do that, you have to be the best. You have to have right. the best stats. You have to have the best this. And it, then you can kind of bombard people with your guerrilla marketing and be like, I'm just the best. That's why you should hire me. But for most people, they don't really hire the best at the end of the day. They hire the person that makes them feel the best and they connect to the that's best right. and they can trust. That's right. I probably won't going to personally, like, I do want the person that does a really good job, but I'd rather mm-hmm. have the person that I can trust to have my best interest in mind to then carry out the transaction. Right. And that's, and then, so you can be the best. How do you get that across aside from stats? And that's what you're great at. And that's what. Um, this this agency is going to be able to help people do. Totally. So the company is called the media companies. There's two companies. The the kind of the holding company is We Are Co Media. The website is comedia.io, K-O media.io. I say We Are Co Media because on Instagram, you'll, you'll find out if you start a business or anything like that, or even your personal account, you could go to Instagram and be like, Co Media was taken. So I couldn't take the username Comedia. So I, what are you going to do to think of a different username? Popular, you could do I am Comedia, we are Comedia, official Comedia. So that's why I kind of talk in terms of we are Comedia. So if you see me say we are Comedia, I just mean Comedia. It's just that the Instagram name that we went with because it wasn't taken. So same thing, if I went to Instagram and I looked up my personal name, if I was like, all right, I decided to start an Instagram and I was like, I need to take Costa Hansis as an Instagram account. Costa Hansis could already be taken. So then I'm left with, oh, what do I do? I could I'd have to do like I am Costa Hansis. Costa Hansis underscore some variation of it too, yep. but 
Comedia is the company, it's the main company, and it's pretty much just a digital media agency, but kind of modernized. We'll, we'll definitely have some specialties into it, but think of it just like a company that helps out with your branding, helps out with marketing, social media, content generation is big. We're definitely going to have a focus on e-commerce as well. We're going to have some people that are going to help us out with the e-commerce side. So if you're into um, Shopify stores and drop shipping, you need to sell physical products. Say if you're a business that has physical products, but you actually like you're a clothing store that has physical projects, products, but you want to sell them online, we can then create a digital store where you can sell the products online and then earn the revenue that way. We can set it up for you, show you how to make money that way. But we really want the big foundation to be on social media, social media management, social media marketing, content generation. So say you're, for example, a local, uh, I just use the real estate agent because that's the best way like, my brain relates to. I have the most experience doing it. Say you're a real estate agent, you're just starting off and you don't really have uh, a social media presence. You don't really know what to do, but you, you know you want to build a social media account. So you, you would then come to us and be like, hey, or say you're, you're kind of... Uh, you don't have a lot of posts. You're posting a little bit, but you have no idea what you're doing. You have low right. followers. You don't know how to build your social and media. You don't know what content to use. and Right. You don't have the time. Yeah. Time's a huge thing yeah. too. This yeah. is why yeah. companies will have came to us because they don't have the time and they don't really have the knowledge. So it's like, yep. it's a combination of two. So then we would come in and be like, all right, great. Um, Lisa Loveland, like, let's look at your Instagram and say, like, you come to us and be like, um, you need, of course, you're going to be part of the company. I'm just using it as an example right. of the thing. And this we is didn't what we did other. do. This is, we, how, we did build it. Lisa Lovelight Instagram and the correct you did all that yeah so yeah that's kind of a real life example but if um say that wasn't to happen and I just came to you out of the course of just for the sake of the example um I came to you and I was like all right you you were really you came to me and you're like hey I need help with the social media like I don't really know what to do uh, what do I post for content what do I share how do I do this I, I really don't know I don't have the time to do this I'm busy on appointments I don't have time to do this I need you to help with the marketing then I, we would come in and be like all right Let's, let's take a look at your Instagram. What are you posting now? Um, where's your LinkedIn at? Where's your Twitter at? Where's your Facebook at? Do you have pages for all of them? A lot of the times there's not a Facebook page. A lot of the times there's not a Twitter account. How active are you in social media? How many times do you post a day? What is the overall brand that you're presenting? How do you present yourself online? It's the same way you would present yourself in real life. Now, most of the days people see how you present yourself online is really what they think of you versus the, actually the example you set in real life. So right. it's important that you, A, think about it too. And we come at of the side in terms of what we do is a, more of a psychological standpoint first too, because we need to figure out what you want to stand for. What are your goals? Who are you personally? That's right. What message do you want to present? We just can't go in there and just post stuff if we don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of a cookie cutter way of doing it. We really want this to be in your Instagram, and your social media presence to be really be who you are and to reflect yep. what you want to reflect online is the same thing you want to reflect in real life. So then we'd say, all right, great. You're in real estate. So we're going to need to create some templates for you guys. We're going to need to create a, a just listed, a just sold under agreement, um, offer accepted, new listing posts. And this will be a template I mean in terms of a design. So yep. we'll have like a, a, we'll sit together together. You probably already have colors for your, your team or your logo. We'll sit together, we'll figure out the colors if you don't. And then we'll create templates that are, that you can post on Instagram that we could, all you have to do is, say you create a template for a just listed post. So you'll create a little um, square post for Instagram that has like cool designs. It'll have a picture of the listing with some text just listed, the price, um, the bedrooms and some specific features where then you can then post that off to Instagram. It fits with the brand, it has the colors. And then next time you have a new listing, all you have to do is then take another image, take the new listing and replace the images. So every time you just do that, it's pretty simple. What we do is we could either have you just create the templates and give them off to you. But what we, what we like to do more is actually be involved with your social media management. Yeah. So then as you say, you probably don't have the time to do all this. 
so then we would set up a kind of a content calendar where you come to us and be like, all right, hey, Costa, we have a new, I, have a, I have a new listing coming on next week. We need just listed posts. And what we'll do is we'll set to you and we'll also work on your marketing. What, what's your schedule? When do you want to release this? When is the listing coming out? Who do you want to target? Do you want to run Facebook ads on this? Do you want to run advertising somewhere else too? How can we amplify it? So we'll sit down and we'll come up with a plan for each of your listings, different things like that. If you're a real estate agent, it's no different if you're a business. If you're doing a product, the same thing. Exactly. How are you going to do it? I'm just using real estate as an example. You sit down, we'll come up with a plan. We'll manage the post, make sure that the engagement's there because the worst thing you can do too is in the beginning of social media, people were dumb in terms of brands. So a, a big thing with social media is brand ambassadors where you would go then and say somebody has a million followers on Instagram and I'm like, I want them to promote my project uh, product. Um, people would just pay for it just because they had a million followers. But yeah. you really have to, what you now have to do in brands that become smarter is you rather find somebody that's in your niche of your product. Say you're selling a, a t-shirt, a really cool sweatshirt, t-shirt, you have a clothing line uh, I formed. You want to then find an influencer that is really involved in the clothing scene that talks a lot about clothes. They might not have a good following, but say they might not have a million followers. But, but at say, least they have engagement. Engagement. So what you want to do is then look at the comment section. So are people commenting on their posts? Yeah. Are people engaged? People like them? That's who you want to target. And the same thing is with your business too. If you're not responding as a real estate agent, if people are commenting on your listing post and you're not commenting back, engaging with the people that are showing you any support, it, nothing pisses me off more than if I comment on something or I'm engaging on somebody else's post and they don't even like it. If I, if you post something great, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, say you took a picture at like a, a cool um, landmark. I was like, this is a great picture. Like, I yeah. hope you guys had a blast like doing it. And nobody responds, nobody likes, nobody comments. Like is the bare minimum. Likes just like scroll by, click like, okay, great. If somebody then comes through on my Instagram page, say if I'm a real estate agent and somebody comments, wow, that's a beautiful listing. I, I really liked it. If you just don't brush over it and don't do anything, then that person's probably not going to comment again. And you just lost somebody that could transact into a sale or something yep. versus you then going there and being liking the comment being, hey, I appreciate that a lot. Like, do you want any information on the listing? Do you want this or that? We can be the ones that go there and actually engage with the community. As long as you give us, we'll have the line of communication open and hopefully the relationship's there where we understand what kind of message you want to present and what, what different things you want to actually like how you want to respond to your audience and your personality. And I think that's the, that's one of the big differentiators between us is that we're going to take that time up front to really consult with someone, follow them around a little bit, get an understanding of who they are, how they tick, what their vibe is, and then get that personality across in their branding. Yeah. If it's a business, preferably like go shadow their business and see their day-to-day -day yep. operations and see how the vibe is, see what the culture is there and get a truly understanding of like how this brand actually operates or how this business operates. So that is pretty much the media company will have the content generation. Same thing if you're a business too, in terms of content generation, that would be one of the pillars of the services we provide. The content generation is what I explained in terms of like the just listed post and the just sold post. But say for us, say if you're a business, um, switch the examples. If you're just a business that sells something product and you want to do a better job of having brand awareness, yep. a great suggestion I'd give you is to start a podcast. And as we have right now, we already have a podcast going. We already know how to start a podcast. We know the gear you need. We didn't know all this. What we'll do is then be like, okay, like you have a lot of good things going on in your business. I really like what you're doing, the marketing there. Um, but nobody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. And people want to know who they are before you buy the product. So what better way to do it if you're selling candy? I want you to then, this can be, you don't have to start a podcast necessarily, but you can do some sort of videos. I want you to do a podcast based on candy where you talk about candy different candy companies past candy companies future candy companies where you then can become an authority figure on in the candy space and then what i want you to do is create a, a conference be call it candy con where everybody that loves candy comes and sees your conference and it's hosted by you whatever x company you are costs candy i'm the candy company i would then host an event be 
Casa's Candy Con or just Candy Con. So then people automatically think of you as the authoritative figure in that space. And who are they going to go to if they want to buy candy? The person that has no social media following or this or the person that engages, has a base, is somewhat internet famous in terms of that, that space. That is really what the uh, idea of content generation is. You need to have great content because if you don't have great content, especially nowadays, you're going to be left in the dark. <laughs> and it's going to be bad and you're going to run out of money and you're going to business is going to flop you could there's have, the fear there's the fear see we're instilling fear we're going to solve the your problems fear, <laughs> the fear is real you could have the best product in the world it's but if true. nobody knows about nobody it it's not going to sell dead in the water. and if nobody knows about your product it's be mediocre but your ceo the founder you as the owner could be like great personality and everybody loves you yeah nobody really cares they're just like I, I love them i'll, I'll buy their yeah. product or whatever they're selling so that's kind of the basics in that. And then we're forming a um, another pillar is going to be NFT development. So a sub-sister kind of company of Co-Media is Co-NFT. Yep. And Co-NFT is going to be a company where we have kind of starting with three different pillars. Uh, the first pillar would just be somebody comes to us and just wants to learn about NFTs and how that could help in their business. If there's an NFT project that they could launch in their own business. So they'd come to us and be like, um, that's kind of like the tier one plan we have. And there's, that's just a project basis. So you yeah. just come and say, hey, I'm Lisa Loved in the real estate agent. I really love NFTs. I want to maybe think about, I need, first of all, I don't know NFTs. And how would I implement it in my business? Well, we have tier one. Come talk to us, set up a meeting, and we'll talk to you. Yep. Tier two is just marketing. So say you already have the idea for your NFT, you want to launch this project, but you don't know how to promote it. You don't know how to amplify it. You would then do the marketing because we know how to market your NFT, how different sites, create that social media presence, which kind of ties into the same thing as content generation. Right. It's no different. We just want to make sure your audience is getting out to you in the messaging in your NFT is there. Maybe, maybe that's kind of like, yeah, the NFTs are, it's great, but we need some sort of underlying thing where somebody feels like maybe they get a free t-shirt too. Yeah. add some bonuses in there. That's the marketing. And then tier three is just like the full complete NFT development. You don't you have don't have an idea, maybe you do, but you need help launching it from the ground floor up. Where we would then come in, get the artists together, get the right people, have the marketing plan, and just launch it just like a, a normal business would launch. Just think of if you're launching a normal business, you're launching an NFT. This company would then do it for you because a not a lot of people have the time. And as I said in the, the beginning knowledge. of this project, you've got the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, and I said in the beginning of this podcast too. It's like this space is so new that nobody really. Not a ton of people know about mm -hmm. this space. Not a lot of people own crypto. A lot of, not a lot of people own NFTs. So if you're somebody that knows a lot about this stuff and is actually involved in and has bought NFTs and do different things like that too, um, you have something to offer. So we really hope to then come into a business and create more brand value. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing with the NFT projects is we want to create brand value mm -hmm. where somebody then either that's an experience or some sort of collectible based upon your business. We want to come there and then engage your community more. So if you're a... Um, say you're a band or say you're a concert venue you own a, like a concert hall or whatever cost is concert hall i keep using costa as you're gonna help on a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah right <laughs> costa kind of goes with everything i guess say i have concert costa's concert hall and i have famous artists come and play i could sell nfts of say i don't even know say bruno mars is coming to costa's music club or whatever i called it before i could sell an nft experience because i'm the one selling the tickets i could sell an nft of a picture of bruno mars in a, in a ticket or just a digital image of a ticket and this is what's going to change the industry at entertainment in general i could buy this nft and i could say hey the bid starts at five five hundred dollars for this nft with this nft you get tickets to the show front row tickets to the show you get to meet bruno mars you get pictures with them you can get a you get a dinner right next door at this the place next to Com costa's uh music place you can go to costa's restaurant next door or if it's tied to the same brand i'm just, <laughs> I'm just being facetious by adding my thing there and just monopolizing this thing but you can own this t token and then it gives you um all these different experiences that you can have at this concert you can meet them you can take pictures with bruno mars 
um, signed autograph Bruno Mars collectible. And I say, okay, fine. This is going to start bidding at $500. It ends, starts today, ends in two weeks. And then people can go in there and they can bid it and see, okay, what is it worth to me? And the beauty of it too is if it's somebody like Bruno Mars, like Taylor Swift, that level, if it's to meet Taylor Swift, to do all this stuff with Taylor Swift, autographs, behind stage, backstage passes, there's no monetary really amount attached to that. Yeah. It's just what society deems. So if you have a, a rich parents that their daughter loves Taylor Swift, they're willing to pay whatever price they want for that right. NFT to them. Come see Taylor Swift backstage and do this. And the beauty is not only do you have that experience, you get to go meet Taylor Swift. Now in your wallet, you have a digital ticket of memorabilia of that Taylor Swift show. So now people can say, hey, I went to Taylor Swift's one of her shows here and here's my little collectible ticket, just like a, you would save a normal ticket stub right. of a thing. And then people sell old ticket stubs. This is a digital ticket stub. And if I wanted to be great with the project as cost is place, whatever, I could then still have a thing in the contract as in the own, whoever owns this NFT gets early access tickets to new coming shows to cost this thing, gets a free t-shirt of my thing. So I can always keep that person engaged because some people yep. will be like, oh, I sell the NFT for that experience and it's gone. Like, what? A, okay, I can cl yes. keep the collectible, but what, what's awesome. good with that? Um, so that's kind of a little bit more explanation of co-media and co-NFT. So if you're a business that found any of this intriguing or you don't really know how to attach any of this, come to a consult on our website. The websites are co-NFT.io um, and it's co-media.io. And both have a different section where you can contact us. Co-media has something at the bottom, has a Calendly link where you can just pick a date and time to set up a call with us and we can talk through the process of any of this. If you don't know how to do anything yourself or you just want to talk and you don't know if this can work in your business, you want to grow your personal brand or you just want to talk to me for some reason, talk to us for whatever reason, that's fine. And I do want to say we are actually launching our own NFT yeah. for this podcast and we actually have two coming. This one's just the first one. Um, November 1st is the ideal launch day. That's what we have it set for right now. But uh, the NFT is, we'll put a link below where you can see what it looks like, but it's a... Um, 3D spinning image of the podcast logo with our intro music over, overlaid uh, over it. And what happens is the owner of this NFT, this Live, Laugh, Love token, I think it was, I named it Live, Laugh, Love Zoom um, or Live, Laugh, Zoom, something like that. And what happens is the person that holds this token gets a Zoom call with us uh, each quarter for, I believe, three years we have it. It's either two or three years. Um, so then we're going to set the bidding at a certain price. I have we haven't decided yet, but then you can go there and whoever holds this token then gets to Zoom with us. We can talk about real estate. We can talk about anything. We can talk about the media company. We can talk about realistically whatever we want for 30 minutes um, per quarter of yep. each year. So that would be really cool if, if you're at all interested in talking with us and asking us questions. <laughs> that's a way to get us in, in a better way. And then the next one, um, I don't even know if I want to say the next one. but Let's uh, hold off on that yeah. one because this, this is a lot to absorb in this one one uh, episode, but we have another one coming up. That's yes, I get fired up about this yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's very exciting. Once I got in the uh, the flow of like talking about yeah. the specifics, it's it's so complex. This and this it, NFTs and the media stuff. There's so many different things you can do. That for example, when I just explained uh, before about what you can do with social media, about the different platforms, yep. they're all doing the same thing. You're all building brand awareness across the platforms, but to do that, you have to do it on this account, this account, do this, this, and this, And that's that. one of the reasons to buy the NFT for Live Left Love podcast. It's not just about the podcast stuff. It's about brainstorming. It's about how can we help you in your mindset, in your uh, you know life coach, uh, in technology, in social media, all kinds of things that we talk about on this podcast that we would be, love to sit and uh, do a Zoom call with people once a quarter. You can talk about whatever you'd like for 30 yep. minutes. Uh, right. Hopefully it's with nothing 
<laughs> weird, but you can ask us. Oh, you could do that too. Yeah, we're we're weird enough, so just <laughs> quirky's good, there. right? That's fine with me. I always like people that are different. All my, most for the most part, most of my friends are uh, different and weird because I not weird in a bad way, but like yeah. to have different characteristics because right, I find that interesting. And if it's just something, I forget somebody else said that. I think Ed Milet said that most of his friends are also like weird and stuff like that because <laughs> it it's entertaining it's like everybody has a different opinion you see things from different perspectives that's right it's boring that's if everybody's right. just oh, normal yeah. and perfect yeah. like I, I don't don't really like that hopefully we come across authentic in the podcast too we don't like to be like super scripted we like we want it to be a conversation where we're yes providing value and we're keeping it um engaged and structured but a normal conversation like you're coming to hang out if you're watching this like it's a hangout session at the end of the day it is it is. Um, we hopefully learn something and if you do learn something please leave a review on apple music yeah. that leads me to that point too. Subscribe to the podcast. Not subscribing, so subscribe if you would. That is key. Apple Podcast, leave a review. That's the best place to leave a review there. And if you just like the podcast, share with a friend, leave a comment. We post about on Instagram. Follow us there. All the links to the podcast are below. Um, And that kind of sums up that. I think we talked about more than enough. That yeah, this was fantastic. Thank you, and thank you guys. As always, we appreciate you. Tune in next week. Until then, have a great week.